All right, here we are on Wisdom. Checking in on Wisdom with uh, our This Week in Outrage show. And uh, we'll have, we're running this on another, we're recording separately as well. So when if Wisdom cuts me off at an hour again, we'll say goodbye to the Wisdom folks and continue on. Um, but yeah, so we're here to do this podcast about sort of stuff we saw this week, things going on, um, and kind of see if we find any humor in it or just try to maybe drill down and just see where, where that goes. That could go anywhere. And I do want to sort of pitch my other podcast, which is a edited, scripted uh, expert interview show with, it's also kind of a, you could call it also a storytelling show about science and uh, social sciences and the science of outrage. It's called Outrage Overload. And we talk with scientists and researchers and other experts kind of about the meta aspect of politics, right? So it's like the science about politics as opposed to talk about politics. We don't really talk about issues and news items as much. We really talk about how people are affected by news and all that good stuff. On this show, we do bring up news items and we talk about those if we saw them in the news. And we sometimes bring in our own personal <laughs> sentiments on that. Whereas on Outrage Overload, we don't really do that. We Like I say, it's more meta and we mostly talk about the idea of how this outrage in science or in society and in news and so on is affecting us. So anyway, here I am. I'm David and I'm here with Lisa. Hi, baby. Yeah. Hey, thanks for making this time to chat with me. Well, thank you for making this time to chat with me. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I'm not, I do not have a lot of drill down things and I, and I, and I just have some, I don't, and I didn't really find anything kind of, you know, wacky and funny to talk about either. So we'll just see how this all goes. Um, and I'm care. I know you said you had quite a list, so we can, we should probably try to get your stuff out of the way. Yeah. Like I just kept seeing stuff that was like, wait, what? <laughs> so, um, there was a lot of things. Um, you had a lot of feels. I did have a lot of feels, but again, I don't know where to start, but one thing that, um, I was, um, kind of outraged about is Danny Masterson. Yeah, I, I had that on my list because I knew you were going to talk about it, but I, I do have... <laughs> oh, did. but wait. I can't start this. I can't start talking to you. Ah, now ah. I can talk to you. Cheers. Cheers, baby. So anyway, um, so he did get sentenced to 30 years in prison for raping and drugging um, two women. And so, in what context? I don't remember. Like, was were they coworkers or how did? Well, you one know of them said it, one of them was supposedly a girlfriend, uh-huh. but he he held her kind of captive. Uh-huh. And it, this is all in the um, yeah. So um, he got thirty years for um, rape and drugging these women, and there's the backlash has just been kind of crazy about how he can get. Um, Sentence for sleeping with his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait a minute. First of all, um, anytime you force someone to do something against their will. Right. It's not <laughs> great. And uh, and I guess he drugged them and he threatened them. And they were all part of the um, Church of Scientology. And when they went and... I guess the church, I don't know that much about Scientology, but I guess that um, um, any problems you have with another member, you're supposed to go through the church. and Right, the church, go through their little court system or right. whatever. 
And the church did not do much to protect these women. Right. Oh, that's interesting. And, I guess because he's a celebrity, is that kind of the theory? Um, well, yeah, and the church has a history of abuse uh, on, in their own, right? But, um, and the L.A. police just ignored it, too, because it's part of the church. Right. There's so something going on there. So I've got, yeah, so I've got some, I got some uh, questions about how can, how come they can't get anything through the LAPD when it comes to the, the Church of Scientology? I mean, are they infiltrated? I don't know. Yes. Probably, right? But I don't think anybody in Scientology is a policeman, but I don't... You don't think? Oh, I, I think so. I think they have infiltrated. Maybe not to that degree, but I, don't know. I think they have. But, I mean, that's just sort of a spy spy theory. I mean, I'm not yeah, saying I have evidence I for that. I know. <laughs> it's just a hunch. But then it got more... Well, of- and I do have... I, that does come from a little bit for some of the folks that we know yeah. that were pretty high up. In Scientology, and there they they at least from I mean I can only take the secondhand because whatever they said, but they said they were aware of those kinds of things going on that Scientology the church was infiltrating, you know places like that, governments, you know places of power. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty devastating. I mean he does have a wife and a and a baby, a little baby, um, but the wife is not. You know, one of the victims. No. I mean, at least, I mean, she's a victim in a different way, but. No. But she's not. Well, he was found of rape and forcible rape, I think, and 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 um, other stuff. Yeah, but either, of course, they say he's going to um, appeal. A jury of seven women and five men found him guilty of raping two women in his Los Angeles home in 2023. They were split. On a charge, um, um, on another charge for a different girl, um, and so, but they're not going to retry him on the other one. But then it got kind of weird when um, a lot of people came and wrote letters in his character letters <laughs> to the judge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that must make those women feel great. Well, yeah. Well, and also it's it's back it's come back to bite um, Ashton Kutcher and Mina Kula in the ass. Oh, because they wrote they were one of them. Yes. Oh, looking for dumb. looking for leniency in sentencing. Hmm, that yeah. seems odd. Yeah, it seems like a bad choice. Yes. Yes. So I mean, again, we're only kind of to... hearing what we're hearing. But if a jury heard all that evidence. Well, and it's you know, then, it's a little it's you know. a little odd because Ashton Kutcher um, works for a non trafficking foundation. Not that I'm aware of. I don't think these two are um, in the Church of Scientology. But then again, I think a lot of Scientologists have gone underground. They're not really walking around proud. Um, and uh, so they had to come back and do a, a video saying this is not what we meant. Um, the letter was just to say what our relationship was, was what him, was what we had with him. And Mina Kula said that he was an outstanding older brother figure to her. Um, and, uh, and, um, and, not, and they don't know him as uh, someone who drugged and raped defenseless women. But... So this has just kind of come back to bite him pretty hard. 
So they're being now drugged through the news of being uh, unsympathetic to victims and victim shaming and victim not shaming. quite to that level, but sort of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of ugly. I yeah. mean, I don't know how you uh, how you uh, reconcile that. So, so that was like kind of had me on the edge, going, "Well, uh, trying to think. I don't. If I someone I knew, they said, can you write a character letter for someone who's going to jail for a long time, and it was for something that horrific? I, but I don't know. I'm not. I've never been in that situation. Well, the closest I can think of, there may be others I'm not thinking of, but the closest I can think of is somebody that I we know, um, known for a fair bit of time, was then sort of caught up in a deal he had made with Epstein. Uh, it wasn't related to sort of uh, directly related to anything like any kind of you know rape or anything like that, but it was just a money a money deal with Epstein and you know sort of supportive of Epstein, you know. It, it, it's sort of in parallel with while he was a criminal doing his terrible things. Uh-huh. And, you know, I was kind of, everybody was kind of caught in a rock and a hard place about whether to support this person because they were going to get fired for making this business deal with Epstein. Yeah. You know, kind of while this was happening. And, you know, it's kind of like I, I'm kind of torn on it a little bit, right? Because how much did he know? Could he not know? How did he not know? Why did this deal get made? And this kind of stuff. So, I'm, I'm kind of torn on it, but I, I kind of didn't take a strong side on it because I just feel like I just don't know enough as to how much he knew or didn't know or, you know, you just make business deals to make business deals, but, you know. Well, okay, well, I can't, yeah. I understand what you're saying, but but at the time that that uh, he we found out he made that deal, it was like, dude, no. Yeah, you should have known better. You should know better. Um, Plus he kind of covered up the deal. That's because the other he, past that made it, it made right. it sort of seem seem a so little. So we haven't had really contact some, with this no. person in in a very long time. No, but I mean, I didn't come out publicly against him. I didn't come out publicly in his favor either, though. Well, I mean, yeah. And it was like, yeah, we sort of haven't really, because it was like, like you say, should have known better. There was also the part where it's kind of like covering it up or trying to keep it secret and it's like okay well then you kind of know you're doing something wrong if you're trying to keep it secret right yeah so there was that aspect of yeah. it. that's the closest i can think of to something like that well and then if someone came to ask can you write a, can you write a character witness about this person i wouldn't have because i just wouldn't have felt comfortable doing that i mean i could write a character but but they should have known exactly what they were getting into and i cannot support in any way shape or form i mean would you go far to write that letter I don't know. I have to think about it. Could you write it? Nobody asked me, so I didn't have that situation. That didn't come up. I mean, I would like to think that I would write this letter going, the person I knew did not do, would not have done this. And I have to think that as time gone on to develop, the person that he developed it is someone I do not know and should be punished for the shit that they've done. Right. But no one's going to write that letter. And apparently more than just... um, Mina and Amila and um, Ashton wrote letters, so right. Um, yeah, that's that's gonna hurt. So there was that. So there's that. <laughs> there's that. Right. Yeah. You know, and sometimes like the best thing probably to say is nothing. But no, that's not the best thing to say is nothing. We have to. We have to. As a society, it is illegal to hurt people 
Right. And it's immoral, too. (laughs) Well, yeah, it is immoral, right. So, I mean, all you Christians. Yeah. You know, but Scientologists aren't Christians. No. No. So, anyway. They can be. They could simultaneously be Scientologists and Christian. How? They allow that. They could. You could be your whatever religion and Scientologist. As long as, um, as long as you're doing your tidings to both. That's how I understand it. Again, I'm not an expert, but that's how I understand it. Yeah, that's weird. That's super weird. Yeah. So that happened. So that happened. And I don't think that's a watch this space, really. I mean, I guess sure you have the appeal, but that's pretty much a done deal. Yeah. It's yeah. I, I don't expect that appeal will go anywhere. No. But, I mean, you never know, I guess, until you see, but I suspect that's pretty much over. So what else you got? What else, What's up next on your list? Cause like I said, um, I, I want to get through your list because you have some good stuff. Oh, do I? I don't know. I'm, I'm expect assuming. You're expecting, assuming. Mike Lindell's losing his marbles. Yeah, well, hasn't that already happened a oh, bit? Oh, no. But it's, it's really, he's really, really getting out there now. And I'm trying not to laugh about it. Okay. I'm really trying not to laugh about it, but he is really... I mean, I've heard a couple of things, but I mean, he was saying crazy stuff before. I mean, this isn't that new. He was saying well, no, but crazy now stuff four or five years ago. Well, now he's broke. He's also broke. Yeah. And I wonder how that happened. Well, <laughs> ask Giuliani, who's broke. Um, ask uh, all these other people who've somehow got themselves involved with uh, someone that they trusted who's now very short of funds. Michael Cohen's not exactly rolling in it anymore either, is he? Right. Uh, Alex Jones isn't exactly rolling in it either. Right. So, but yeah, so he's very upset that he's never had to borrow this some kind of money before to keep things going. Hmm. What? Welcome to the real world. Yeah. So. Well, so... Yeah. So, well, what, so how, what's, what, what's, give me any, I mean, where's Mike Liddell gone here? How, how, what, what, where's this going? Well, he had, um, you know, he's being um, um, deposed about stuff. um, Oh, really? In which cases? I think for the, um, some of the January 6th stuff. Um, And it's because he was kind of knee deep in some of those meetings. Yeah. I remember that was that whole thing. Like they were running, why is the pillow guy here? Yeah, oh, <laughs> the yeah. White House counsel. Yeah, was it, who was it? Not Meadow, Mark Meadows. What was the other guy who turned around and goes, "What's the pillow guy doing here?" Right. I think it was, it was, it was one guy? of those lawyers. A super tall guy. I don't know if he's super tall. I don't know which one's super tall, but with a deep voice, not Meadows, but the other. Oh, uh, I'm not sure, but I, I think one. I remember one of the Cipollone or one of the attorneys said something like Maybe that. It's like why is the why is the pillow guy here? Where's the- <laughs> But I do. I will. I will read you one quote. You know, talking about wh- why the pillow guy's in trouble. This is a tr- quote from Sarah Kenzier. Trump is going to screw you over like he screws everyone else over. He will humiliate you, and you will have sacrificed yourself for nothing. And she said that in 2016. To just said it on Twitter to everybody. To everybody. Yeah. yeah. Sure. He will humiliate humiliate you, and you will have sacrificed yourself for nothing. And I think a lot of the find out people are discovering this. Yeah. So, um, the, so this, this isn't, um, 
this isn't shocking, but I mean, uh, this isn't outrageous, but this is, and this is interesting, and it's um, something that I had never heard before. Have you ever heard about safe storage? No, I don't think so. No. Uh, in regards to firearms. No, is it a brand or a no. technique or no organization? It's a, pol- it's a policy. It's a policy. Okay. It's a policy. So that um, did you know that eighty-five um, percent um, of gun deaths are actually suicides? Where does that number come from? I don't know. Um, it was from a NPR story I was listening to. Okay. But so well, they this, usually do some reasonable amount of um, fact checking. Oh, excuse me, not eighty five percent, fifty percent of nationwide. But in Montana, it's eighty five percent. In the state of Montana, it's eighty five percent of gun related deaths are um, suicide. Hmm. So they have this. They have this policy and this um, thing called safe storage, and many states have it. Uh huh. And where you can go to. Um, gun stores or um, even the police, I think so, or fire in places, and you can give up your firearm for storage for a period of time, and then you can come back and get it whenever you're ready. Okay, so this is the Sandy Hook Promise people have kind of put this out there? Kind of, but um, Montana's pushing it deep right now. And um, where, you know, you could say, look, if you're having a hard time, that things aren't great, um, we'll, hold, we'll hold it for you. Um, if you're worried about someone in your household, we'll hold, we'll hold your firearms for you. Um, they're still yours. This is a voluntary, um, you know, surrendering, but you're not giving them. They're yours. You can go back and get them anytime. Hmm. And, okay. So they interviewed two people who said that absolute uh, that safe storage absolutely one hundred percent saved their lives, and that this one guy says I've done it twice now, and I will take if I start feeling like things are getting weird again, I will one hundred percent take them back to the gun store again, and they will hold them for me till I'm ready to take them back. So I'm not finding a lot of like organized cities or towns or anything that sort of. Do this? What are you saying? I'm lying? No, no. I'm just, it's interesting that it's not kind of out there in the Google world. Like nobody's doing, got this out there so that as, you know, it should be as easy to find as like 511 or something. You know what I mean? Because if I'm in that state uh, of where I want to be careful with my guns and I don't have a place or whatever, it should be like, I should be able to find that really easily, right? (laughs) I shouldn't have to work this hard to find it. Um, I see that there is an NPR story, but it's interesting that like, I was thinking maybe I'd see some government number I could call or a website from a government, and I'm not really seeing that. No. Nope. It's interesting. So we'll have to kind of look into that because, um, yeah, it seems like a great idea. Um, and well, it seems like something I, that both sides could, all sides could agree on. It doesn't seem to be a part. I don't see a big partisan factor in that. I mean, people could say, well, once you put your gun in the storage, they're going to, you know take it and never give it back or whatever. But I mean, I, I think, yeah, I think some of that reactionary stuff would not be there, but uh, it seems like, it seems like a pretty good law. It seems like a pretty good system, I should say. And I don't see, it doesn't seem like that should be that, that partisan because nobody's trying to take the grants away and nobody's trying to make a new law. They're just saying, Hey, here's a place you can safe, uh, keep it safely until you think you're, you feel 
like you're sort of competent and comfortable right. with it again. Right. It seems like a nonpartisan thing, but I guess uh, you so know, safe, people make everything partisan. So right? this is yeah part of that NPR story. Safe storage helps suicide gun owners, suicidal gun owners, from using their weapons. More than half the gun deaths in the U.S. are suicides, and preventing those deaths in one area of, um, where opposing sides of the gun debate have found common ground. So, like I say, this is not a um, part. It's not a blue or uh, red issue. It's just a safety issue. Right. That uh, um, Capital Sports in Helena, Montana, they uh, fire sales have boomed in the um, years, but um, the owner says that he will do safe storage and lock up for anybody that wants it. Okay, so there's like a lot, there's like volunteer organizations doing it too. Yes. Not only, I mean, and there isn't necessarily government. Right. And like some of the people that they talk to, you know, like one, um, one woman, her husband had a stroke and he was not in a good way. And so she had a friend come over and take everything. And she's still, what they're trying to say is, you know, if you don't have a friend that'll come do that for you, we're going to be your friend and we're going to do it for you. But, you know, you're, the problem is, is that, you know, people think that they're being taken away permanently. Right. But they're not. But it's just to help people in crisis. And whether your crisis is your own crisis or someone in your home or um, you just don't feel safe having them there. Uh, but, yeah, so in Montana... That suicide rate of, well, I don't know what the actual suicide rate, but by, it's by a firearm. So I thought that was kind of an interesting tidbit. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it seems like a reasonable thing to think about, but of course, everybody, you can twist it either way, right? I mean, people can uh, abuse it, probably. There's probably someone that could abuse it, but in good faith, it seems like a reasonable thing for all sides okay so you truly don't have anything oh i have things but nothing too exciting and, and i want to make sure that you and your and some of my things are probably asking you questions i want to see if it hit your radar and, and you're my expert in some of this oh yes thank you but so this one i was kind of um a little bit of this uh um you want to be so out in the open you want to you all these um Lifestyle influencers. Okay. Okay. So, um, and uh, you, you're there showing your whole life, how your whole life works, right? So, um, this woman, Ruby Frank, have you heard about her? Why? That, that name sounds familiar, but I can't place what that is. Well, what do you mean, what that is? She. Oh, what the case, I mean, what the case is about. Uh, um, she, um, She's an influencer, and it's just about life with her six crazy kids. Oh, no, I don't think I know anything about that. <laughs> and um, she's in Utah, and um, she got arrested for child abuse. Oh, maybe I did see something and about this. And three of her six kids got taken, which I don't understand why the other ones didn't, but I think some of them are of age. Um, but, yeah, so one, one of her child escape, escaped yeah. and went to a neighbor's house. And uh, asked for some water. And, uh, and so she's uh, and she was 
like she had like a million followers. Mm-hmm. And she was giving parental advice. A prayer, yes. Parenting advice. Right. Nice. Yeah. She was charged with aggravated child abuse of two of her six children. Yeah. 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 So that. Yeah. So tell. So the what? Twelve-year-old boy. He's the one who escaped. Yeah. By climbing out a window, he still had duct tape on his ankles. He was taken to the hospital, and he was malnutrition. Wait, there's another woman involved too. Yeah, she has a partner. Oh. You know, and what's interesting about that is those kinds of crimes are very rare, Mm -hmm. uh, rarely committed by women. It's almost always men that do that. So that's interesting. Child abuse? Well, this type of, well, maybe. She does have a husband, by the way. And what's his his deal? That's that's what I want to know. Yeah. And this one, but people have been coming to her for advice and, you know, she's the, um, Behind her YouTube channel is Eight Passengers. It's launched in 2015. This says that the Frank family was criticized online for its Eight Passengers video showing parenting parenting decisions, including banning their oldest son from his bedroom for seven months for yep. pranking his younger brother yep. and also sending him to a wilderness therapy camp for undisclosed reasons. Yeah. She refused to take lunch to a kindergartner who forgot it at home. Yeah. Which, you know. But in, but the teacher called. Yeah, it's right. The, it's not the kid that called crying. Right. The teacher called and said, so I'm wondering if there's no lunches at that school. Right. And it's also a kindergartner. It's like, if my 12-year-old says, I forgot my lunch, it's like, deal with it. <laughs> well, what she says is about her six-year-old is, I hope nobody gives her food. And nobody steps in and gives her a lunch because then she's not going to learn anything. Yeah. I'm sorry, she's six. She's six, yeah. Well, and maybe even 12 is being a little harsh. I don't know. Our kid was pretty independent and we, and uh, he could he could deal with things. I'm sorry. He that, wouldn't even call if that happened. No, because there's plenty of food around. He'll, he'll make some yes. work, yeah. Yes. But anyway, so it seems it's not looking good for her at all. But what I want to know is where is Mr. Frank? Yeah, where's Mr. Frank? And why is her, um, let's see. So, uh, yeah, Ruby Frank's husband. I wish they don't use it. I, I do like that they don't say his name. That's that's like the reverse kind of thing they always do with women. Like they'll they'll be like a women, you know, really, really in their own right, like a, either a celebrity or. Really... Well, I could tell you his name because it's in this article. Okay. And they'll say like somebody else's wife. It's like, no, she's, he's her husband, man. She's the one who did, sit, did, did stuff. Well, apparently they've been separated for 13 months. Okay. But he's got an attorney, so. Well, he better have an attorney because. I'm sorry, this just doesn't start happening. They're still his kids. Yep. And yeah, he does exactly. This doesn't just start happening. Right. No, I, I did see a little bit of this, but I really didn't dive in at all on it. So yeah, that's that's a crazy story. That's one to kind of keep an eye on, like where this goes. Right. That most of my stories are like that. Like I don't really have all the details, or they're still developing, so we don't know the details yet. So it's kind of a watch this bunch of watch this space kind of stuff or see where this goes kind of stuff. Yeah, so 
I found that um, inter uh, not interesting. It's not the word, but just what the hell, people. Yeah. And I think, too, she, since she'd been on there so long and she gave controversial parenting advice and people were eating it up, so I think the site almost kind of fueled her... Um, um, like delusions? The, well, no. It fueled her... her stern and, and unconventional parenting kind of mag um she magnified it right you know turned well it, it validated it to a degree yes yeah yes so uh, people who are going oh that's a great idea yeah they're never going to learn if they don't if she doesn't remember to pack her lunch she's six years old right it's a little harsh <laughs> for more, a six-year-old it's more than a little harsh <laughs> yeah so there's that and and now, I want to know, when is George Santos going to court? Yeah, what is up with that? Why haven't we heard any more about that? Like, how is the if guy just still up, moving forward doing whatever? If you look up George court, um, George Santos' court date, does you find anything? Oh, I don't know. Well, while you're thinking about that, I know you saw, I know you've seen this. Nope. <laughs> what is it? The Rolling Stones. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I was curious to get your take on okay, that. Okay, so this is my first, like... When I first read that um, um, headline, I'm like, never once did I figure that was an album title. And I thought, what, now they're promoting jewelry? What does their jewelry look like? So I'm like going through going, oh, because it's called what, um, something diamonds? Yeah, I, I I have it in my list, but I'm... Hidden Simon. So then I'm like, wait a minute, they did an album? They actually did another album? And then I'm thinking, well, here, here's they're going to tour again. Right. Back there, going to tour again. So here's uh, Mick Jagger, who, what, he's, what, 102 now? I think he's 82. 102. He's 82, I think. Yeah. He's, like, the same age as Biden. Yeah. Which I say, well, I don't know if Biden was as heavy into drugs as Mick Jagger was, but, I mean. Well, it's working for Mick. Working for Mick. He's, like, well, I don't, he's not into drugs now. But I think this Mick needs child support money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really? what I think. Yes. How could he possibly need more money? He's got so much. I mean, he you know how many have, kids he has? He would have to have so much with all the times his music is played. <sighs> yeah, but so, you know, and also the whole joke that Keith Richards is never going to. These guys are going to literally die on stage. <laughs> Possible. So, according to this, ABC Seven Los Angeles says that his next court date was supposed to be September seventh. So yeah, that's, I just saw that. So that's come and gone. So, what does that mean? Yeah. What What does that mean? Yeah. How How has that just what disappeared? Happened, what happened to the, at that court date? How has that just disappeared from our from our from the radar, like nobody's talking about this guy's. Stuff. His next court date is scheduled for October twenty seventh. Oh, okay. So. Oh boy, you know that's uh, any kind of accountability is slow in coming. George Santos is discussing. You know, and like. In some ways, it's like, well, this is who you voted. We voted in, right? But it's also like, 
But you, they voted him in under false pretenses. Right. The deception is just... It's Hackney Diamonds. That's the name of the record. Hackney Diamonds. So I'm thinking it was some sort of jewelry Right, they line. got merch. Hey, you guys, <laughs> this is how we talk. We're like flipping back and forth between two stories. Yeah, you can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The 12-track album will be released October 20th and will feature guest appearances from Lady Gaga and Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder. How old Stevie this, Wonder? This says Mickey, Mick Jagger's only eight. I thought he was 80. I thought he was 82. Keith Richards is only 79. Spry 79. Those are some hard. Those are some hard. Yeah. Ronnie Wood is 76. Just a baby. Yeah. Comes two years after drummer Charlie Watts passed away at the age uh... of 80. Two of the 12 tracks on the new album feature Watts since they were recorded in 2019, while the rest feature drummer Steve Jordan, who yeah. Watts selected as his replacement. Hackney Diamond is a reference to East London slang for shattered glass. It will be the Rolling Stones' 31st studio album. The group has been active over six decades since 1962. So how long? Wait, how long ago did Watts die? Two um, years ago. Yeah, I think two years ago. So he probably didn't have any work on this album. Well, no. Well, it says they have these. He has a, He did. He's going to have two of the twelve tracks have him drawings on it. So. So they've been working on this album a while. Probably, yeah. Sounds like it. Okay. So, so gotta, yeah, so they're going to tour again. Of course, they are. Yeah. So, have you ever heard of the paper, the Union Bulletin? No. No. Um, they say that Santos is mulling a plea deal, a guilty plea. I saw that reference a few other places, too, so yeah. I guess it could be. A, it's, it's a rumor, I guess, if they're just saying he might be, right? They don't really know. All right, well, I have another music one to add on top of the Rolling okay. Stone one. What do you know about this? What do I know that about this? Sean Diddy Combs reassigns lucrative music publishing rights to original artists from Bad Boy Records. Know anything about that? Do not. Do not. Very interested. Oh, really? Okay. Well, let's see what, yes. the, see what this is about. This is from the BBC. He returns lucrative music rights to Bad Boy Records artists. In a rare move, Sean Diddy Combs has returned some music rights to artists. Some. Yeah. And songwriters who were... Uh, is they're not going to let me watch this? Okay. Songwriters who were signed to his label instead of cashing in on them. Bad Boy Records was one of the biggest rap labels of the 1990s, home to artists like, uh-oh, I don't know who any of these names are. Faith Evans, 112. You do know who Faith Evans is. It's Biggie Smalls. Uh, and, of course, what? Notorious B.I.G. Yes. Those acts have now been given back control of their songwriting rights. Hmm, interesting. A source within knowledge of the deal said Combs had previously been offered millions of dollars to sell the rights. Yeah. This probably comes in um, on the heels of everybody who's with Scooter Braun buying all of Taylor Swift, the rights to all her songs, or maintaining the rights to her songs that, and uh, not letting her buy them back. And where he's... Because Sean, uh, well, Puff Daddy... Uh, He's he's an artist himself as far as he's you know he's made albums also. This is a probably this is a good faith uh, step up for him. 
Yeah, that seems pretty and cool. He's gonna. I'm sure he's he's still gonna make money off these fish. Uh, yeah, probably. I, I I guarantee you. Not only does um, Biggie Small's family make money every time one of those records is played, so does so does P Diddy. Yeah, well, the way that money breaks down is, you know, you've got the songwriter. Well, yeah, and you've got the songwriter, and then you've also got the performance. So if, if you're using the performance, that those people get money, and if you're only using the song, then only the only the songwriters get money. Yeah. So That's how I understand it anyway. But anyway, I so I think, I, you know, hey, bravo. I don't really have any great or bad feelings for P. Diddy, just that, you know. Yeah, I was just curious if that had crossed your radar. He has a lot of kids, too, with a lot of women. Does he? Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we got we still have some time before Wisdom cuts us off, so I don't know um, if there's... I mean, if they cut us off today, I guess we'll see. Um, so, yeah, so what else you got on your list? Um, do you know who Mookie Betts is? Yeah. Okay. Um, we're sports fanatics here in this house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We, uh, well, I don't know if we're that much of a fanatic, but we like there our, are people that are we much more fanatic like than we are. our sports, very much Is so. Mookie but um, so Mookie Betts was, you know, baseball. That's all we know. We know him as a baseball player, but he was also lettered in basketball and um, football, and um, he is a expert bowler and actually was on the pro bowling tour. No way. Yep. I yes. did not know any of that. Yes. That's crazy. Bit, yeah. He was the number one ranked bowler in the state of Tennessee. And in 2017, he had a perfect game at the uh, Pro Bowling Association. Hmm. He competed in the U.S. Bowling Open. That's he crazy. also was an excellent football player, but his mom said, no, I don't want you playing football in high school. Smart mom. Yeah. So, but I was shocked to find out that he was actually a pro bowler and has several perfect uh, games under his belt. So he's a um, MVP candidate. Likely winner, in fact. Not likely, well, but. First of all, his mom t- totally uh, groomed him and first by giving him a great name. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. that's sorry. a classic name. You don't know when the guy played. If you just someone just told you that name, you could say, what did he play in the 70s? He played in the 50s? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but in any sport, that name Mookie Betts works. Right. Mookie Betts is a great bowling name. It's a great <laughs> basketball yeah. name. It's a but yeah. So here let's uh let's shout out to Mookie for being a multi-sport star. He's be he's he's a uh, Bo Jackson like. And by the way, I started watching some video, old videos of Bo Jackson. Yes, this is what I do in my spare time. <laughs> that guy was a it was, crazy baseball player. It was insane what he could do. Just the, the way he well, football could, too, but yeah. No, but in baseball, he was, you know he played center field. He is out there literally climbing the walls. I mean, they have one video of him. Right, where he does the run-up thing. He's running up there. At one point where he actually got his feet on top of the very top of the wall, grabbed that ball, ran down the wall. (laughs) I know. It's crazy. It's like, who is this guy? He's like a gecko. (laughs) Yeah. So, tip of the hat. 
So I found that quite interesting. And then I went quite down quite the rabbit hole of stuff that Mookie does. And by the way, I didn't find anything very controversial. Oh, but I didn't look very hard. I didn't, well, I didn't want that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't want to find it. <laughs> selective Googling as we call it. Motivated. Isn't it true that you like, wow. Motivated Googling. I very carefully wanted to, uh, I started to do some more Googling and I'm like, oh, I don't want to see anything bad. <laughs> I don't want to see anything bad. Yeah. So. So I was kind of surprised by this news because I sort of forgot about the whole thing. But do you remember the Freedom Convoy, convoy that started in Canada? Yes, I do. Well, okay, there's we a trial. We about it all the time. Well, I know, because, like, they were, by the time they started the convoy, all the things they were protesting had already ended. So, like, what are you actually protesting kind of thing? Yeah. But they were mad. I mean, people were mad. But, so, yeah, I, I did not realize that Canada had pursued, you know, trials against, you know, uh, against these folks. And some, a few of them are, um, there were, well, two of the 140 arrested in the demonstration are charged with mischief and obstructing police, among other charges. So pretty sounds pretty minor, but I think apparently they can still, they could still suffer some consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were they were of course fighting. They were they were of course um, protesting against vaccines um, and various other stuff. Um, and they blocked highway and bridges. Um, so they're gonna the prosecutors will attempt to show that these two, um, Lick and Barber, I think are the two names. So Tamara Lick and Chris Barber, two of the 140 arrested. They're going to put prosecutors will attempt to show that they encouraged protesters to defy authorities. Each could face jail time if convicted. The outcome expected to set a precedent for other protesters awaiting trial. So I guess there's others. Well, it says 140 have been arrested. I don't know how many of those on what kind of charges and how far they'll go, but. I didn't know. I thought they kind of just, okay, protest. You guys protested. It's protest over now. Let's go. I didn't realize they actually had some arrests and and stuff. So we'll see. I guess that's another one of those. We'll kind of see how it goes. I mean, in some ways, I feel for these folks because they were mad. Like, there's a lot going on. The truckers were mad. But it, it was a dumb protest, if you ask me at the time. Yeah. It was like, what are you guys even protesting? Like, all the stuff you're protesting isn't even happening anymore. So why are you protesting this? And you find yourself in jail for it now. Um, and, I, you know, and of course, I, I, I guess I just mentioned this one because it's another one just to keep our eyes on. But, um, you know, that that Texas Attorney General, Ken Paxton, do you know much about that history? The one that um, had he had uh, relations with the young girl? Well, he's getting he's facing charges for bribery and misuse of public funds in Texas. Right, that, that's what he's charged with. But he but, he had. But he had. He had. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, I do know about him, and I have tried to keep up on him. But then again, he disgusts me so much. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead. Well, I'm just saying that's one to watch. So that his trial is, you know, he, that has sort of begun, and he he pled not guilty, of course, and so we can kind of just see how all this goes. So that's finally kind of. Starting up. And he does have people behind him. What do you mean? He does have people who are, just want him to stay because, you know, they don't want to lose any Republicans. Right. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Um, and just to kind of see how that exactly. So that'll be one reason why it'll be interesting to see how this plays out, because you've got. Um, yeah, you've got that situation where, you know, they don't want to give up 
they don't want to give up a, a seat, so like criminals are okay now. Yeah. But yeah, that was not. Do we want to talk about COVID? Tell tell me about COVID. What's going on? It's not gone. No, it's definitely <laughs> not gone. So do you, here's here's my question to you. So um do you think that this that COVID's now kind of in a state where it's just gonna become part of the flus that we yeah, look at I mean, every think, year? You're right. I, I think we're in the endemic phase, quote unquote, right? Where I mean it could become a pandemic again. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, these variants since Omicron have been more contagious but less lethal. Um and, you know, the spikes haven't been as big, especially spikes going into hospital. But that's just random luck. I did mean, there's say, some... Did you just say go into hospital or just say go into the hospital? Are you being Canadian still? <laughs> or you... Being English all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. So less likely to, to be hospitalized since with those variants. But, you know, it's that's not to say that another variant couldn't come back that kind of slips that around, gets young people sick, let's say, gets more people go to the hospital. And is you know, so we don't know it's going to continue on this trend. So it's possible it could become a pandemic again anytime. At so any it's time. kind of it's kind of interesting that why hasn't the flu become a, a pandemic or an endemic? I mean, I remember a couple times in our lifetime where the flu was just out of control and was killing people, but not not on not COVID numbers. numbers, right? So what has kept flu from becoming? Well, I mean, people get vaccinated, so they try to get a vaccine every year. How many people year. get vaccinated? What percentage of the population I don't know. I think it's about vaccinated? half. I think it's about half, but I think that's going down because of all this stuff about vaccines have now become sort of politicized, and there's a lot of misinformation out there. That number might be going down, but I think it's about half. Maybe it's only 30%. But So that's one reason. Um you know, I, I'm not an expert on that, so I don't, I don't know all, all well, the I know reasons. you've been talking to people. But I have been talking to people, yeah. I mean, I just recently did another interview with another um, another part of the COVID crisis group, mm-hmm. you know, who's a historian, actually, and is uh, quite familiar with the history of pandemics and, and, and things all the way back to, you know, the uh, 1918 flu. So do you want to hear the percentages? Yeah, I'm curious. How many people get the flu shot? 35% for people... Uh, of adults 18 to 64 get the got the flu shot last season. Okay. By comparison, 56% of children 6 months to 17 years and 62% of seniors 65 and older. So that middle group, so it looks like the bookends. Right. When you're super right, right. young and the super old get the shots. But yeah. 35% is still pretty good. And and then about a third of the people in the middle. That's still pretty good. So, I mean, yeah, so that's part of it is that we, we work on vaccines every year and people take the vaccines. And it's a little random as to whether they're making a guess about which flu strains become the most yes, predominant pretty early on. So sometimes they get that right more than not. And and so that can vary, vary in there, too. But, yeah, you know, we certainly could have another pandemic, a pandemic that was influenza based instead of coronavirus based. That That's certainly possible. I mean, that could happen. Uh, but that's probably one reason why. Part of why it hasn't happened because there's a big effort on flu vaccines. So, um, yeah, so I was just kind of, you know, thinking about it. we've had um, some family members recently who've been affected by COVID terribly. I mean, it's not, it, this has not been a great ride. 
Um, and I'm just kind of wondering at, at this point. And I heard actually I was it took my mom again to the doctors and I actually heard a patient in, in the doctors going, you know, it's just a flu. It's no big deal. <laughs> right. It's just a flu. And I'm sure that the people in the doctor's office are sick of dealing with it, but nobody put did a pushback on her. They're not. They're just tired of it. They're not going to do that. Well, and also it's the front office people and whatever. We're not. We're not. We're not I, here to fight you. We're just here, like you sign here, get next. Right. But it's just you know, and I've also had people tell me, um, "Why are you still wearing a mask?" Right. <laughs> and we don't always wear a mask, but. You know, we find ourselves in a huge group of uh, indoor. I'm wearing a mask. By the way, anybody that's on, you know, that wants to jump on um, to talk, jump in the queue, or if you just want to send us a private message with something you saw in the news this week in the outrage category or any, anything really that you wanted us to talk about, or that that's fine. You can do that. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, and I think, you know, it's interesting because one of the things about this uh, latest interview, because I've talked to several people on this whole COVID crisis thing and this whole um, COVID wars report that came out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one thing that this was new information today that I had is that he talked about how the whole thing was started and how they went to the Biden administration to get support to get potentially do something, you know, an actual commission. The Biden administration? Yeah, they went okay. to the Biden administration to do. like the Biden administration only two, year, two years old, right? Yeah, 2023 minus, yeah, so t- yeah. two years old. Okay, just want to make sure Not that we're talking about. Almost three. But, yeah, so basically because they were sort of doing the, you know, sort of the, they want to do the equivalent of the 9-11 report, right? right? They wanted to do a similar type of, and it was the same guy that did the 9-11 commission that started all this. And he wanted to do a COVID commission. Like, how was our, you know, look at our response and see what we could have done better. Right. I, you know, and they, and they went to the Biden administration to get, like, you know, to move forward with that. And the Biden administration sort of hemmed and hawed and didn't really, it didn't go anywhere. So they did it sort of privately. They put together, so they didn't have any subpoena power, you know, to interview people. But they interviewed like 300 people. But um, so they did a sort of a private group that was this COVID crisis group that was the effective commission, even though they didn't have it wasn't a government thing and they didn't have subpoena power. And so that's what they did. And that's what this their report is this COVID wars book. Um, and, and so that was an interesting new little tidbit that the Biden administration and he was talking about how they didn't know the reason. I mean, the, the reason the Biden administration gave is because we're dealing with COVID still. We don't have time for a report. You know, we're, we're in the middle of COVID, blah, blah, blah. But I kind of wonder what's the sort of real reason for that, right? Why were they opposed to doing a, you know, a, a 9-11 type uh, review of, of how the government response was? Like, that was interesting. I mean, you know, and who knows? We'll never know. But it, certainly to me, it was some of it. The reason why I even thought of it, because you're sort of talking about, you know, COVID's here. We're talking about and our, we know people that are suffering right now and the hospitalization rates are going up, but we're not talking about it because we just want it to be over. I, I don't disagree with that, but I think, and Biden wanted it to be over. He wanted to be like, let's just say it's over because I'm tired of dealing with it. I'm just going to call it over. And I think that's where they were at, even when this commission was trying to get formed to say, we want to look at it. They're like, let's not talk about it anymore. Let's just not talk about it. And I, and if it's still like the whole world, the whole world, or certainly the U.S. is like that, like, let's just not talk about it anymore. But the reality is we haven't done anything to make, or haven't, I shouldn't say anything. We haven't done very much 
to make the next pandemic not just all the same problems happen again. We haven't really improved any of the problems that we had, that the failures and the incompetence and everything else that we had. We haven't really done anything and learned any, we haven't learned anything. Um, we may have learned it, but we're not executing or acting on those learnings. So, you know, I think that's a, that's what kind of made me think when you're saying, you know, we have this going on and, and, and why isn't this, why isn't that? It's because we all don't want to deal with it. Yeah, I don't. I want it to be over too, but just saying it's over doesn't make it over. <laughs> you know, so it's it's kind of frustrating. And, you know, and it's bad because because we keep saying it's over, people are doing more risky things. That kind of brings it back into community spread again. You know, and you got more chance of getting it. And then, yeah, okay, it is true that with these sort of various Omicron-based variants, you know, you don't have as many hospitalizations and, you know, a lot of people, it's a mild flu like symptoms, but every time you get it, you have another chance for getting long COVID. A lot of people get long, some kind of, some version of long COVID. Mm -hmm. So every time you get it, you have a chance for long COVID. And every time you get it, you do have a chance for it being more severe. It's not good for you. We don't know what all these long-term consequences are of this disease that attacks a bunch of parts of your body. And every time you get it, it might attack a different part of your body in different ways. And you can, you know, and so it's not good to just keep getting freaking COVID over and over <laughs> again. Each chance, each time, especially if you're older, but later it may, who knows, it may start affecting younger people. We don't know. It could, it could, it could change. So, you know, it's really frustrating when we're just doing more and more risky things. And I get it. Like we're done being locked up. Like that's not happening. And we're done like staying in how we want to go do stuff. But it's still frustrating that sort of pretending like it's over doesn't really work either. Like we've got to find a balance there, you know, as much as possible. But most people aren't ready for that. They're just going to do normal things the normal way. So it's frustrating because, and certainly, like I said, there's, it could become a pandemic again, for sure. Right now, I would agree. It's more or less an endemic state. It's still killing people. I mean, and to be very harsh, it's mostly killing old people, so most people don't give a heck, you know? Uh, because if it was killing children, I think we'd be a lot more, we'd take it a lot more seriously. But it's mostly not killing children, so we're like, eh, they were old anyway. <laughs> but tell me, <laughs> tell me we're not doing that, because we kind of are. I, th I think so, but it just seems to me like, um, if... And you know, everybody keeps saying, oh, it's just like the flu. It's just like the flu. It's just like the flu. Okay, fine. Then treat it like the flu and get your vaccine and let's, you know. Get Which your, is kind of what get we're going to do shot, if, you, if get people your flu do it. Shot. Right. But I think we're at a situation where the word vaccine is is right. a taboo. And it's, right. I think, it's become I like think a we're in for symbol. a long haul where people are going to quit vaccinating children. They're going to quit vaccinating um, seniors for what do seniors get? They get the um, they get RSV, they get flu, they get pneumonia, uh, they get uh, pneumonia, uh, shingles. pneumonia shingles. They get a lot sorry. of different vaccines. And before your kids can go to college, they have to get the. Um, can you hear our dog snorting? <laughs> <laughs> um, before they go to college, they have to get the meningitis shots and all the um, hepatitis and all that. And I just think that. You know, right now there's all these policies that your kids have to have all these shots to go places, to be in these institutions. I just, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Right. I think there's going to be a lot of challenges to all those 
policies. Yeah. And there's going to be like First Amendment stuff yeah. like crazy, I think. And who yeah. knows? It might win. And then then what? Like, okay, so now I, I got to send my school, my kid to a school where smallpox is coming back. What am I supposed to do here? Well, and then, but then they say, oh, but your child's vaccinated, so you don't have to worry about That's it. That's not how it works. That's not how it works, right? Yeah. Because whatever the, whatever is now being. We need that 30, 60, 80% vaccinated. Right. That's all, what makes it work. But also, now your kid has a smallpox version that's now right. newly mutated. Exactly. Yep. And it's newly mutated because you weren't vaccinated. And, and you let it. And you let it get back into the community. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not a doctor. Well, you know, I did that QAnon episode, right? And, and again, like I said, I don't uh, usually do a lot of partisan stuff. And to some extent, QAnon is not partisan because there are people on left and right, even though it seems like it's mostly right wing. There are people on the left because it, it infiltrated mommy spaces and stuff like that. So there's a lot of people with, you know, um, that have fallen into it from that world. And they wouldn't traditionally be, have been thought of as right wing. Now, they might have sort of been converted to right wing by the cult. But um and so, anyway, I did that episode, and, you know, and one of the, you know, I, just, I also, at the same time, I saw re- one of the recent things that's going around the QAnon circles, which a lot of times they don't use the QAnon anymore. They don't want to use the name since January 6th. They sort of used other stuff, but it's all the same. It's the same boards and everything. And, um, you know, one of the latest ones is, I think it's on October 4th or something. It's like a, a hard date. Like, they do this all the time. They do some prediction on right. a hard date. So, it's like a hard date. I think it's like October 4th, somewhere around there. And... What's going to happen on that day is the um, the White Hats, which are sort of like the good guys, they're like the deep state fighters, they're Trump, you know, it's it's that, the, the White Hats, the good guys, are going to activate a um, thing over 5G that's going to give all the people that um, got the vaccine, it's going to make them, something happen to them, and then they can lock them all up and put them in jail in Guantanamo or wherever or somewhere. That's a real thing going around those boards right now. Like, that's a thing that's going to okay. happen. And what do you think will happen when October 5th comes? We, we must calculate the date. Something. Something will happen. Yeah, but exactly. We, but we still believe. Right. We still believe that this right. is going to happen. Right. Yeah. Or, or we just decided to spare you all or whatever. Right. Somebody at the last minute, yeah, yeah, yeah. came in and saved, the, saved this from happening. Yeah. Although it was supposed to be the good guys doing it to begin with. So, And apparently they've already got all these facilities ready, to just all these camps. That they're going to send us all to. Are they uh, at the edges on the ice sheets? The <laughs> yeah, edge of the, edge of the edge flat of earth. earth. Yeah, <laughs> they could be. Uh, it could be near the edge of the flat earth. Oh boy! Oh boy! But anyway, oh boy, oh so boy. Have, have, oh, we started all that because of COVID. So yeah, um, yeah. So where did you have anything else to say about COVID? Are we done with that? <laughs> oh, by the way, wisdom people, if it bumps me off, that could happen any minute now. So we might this this call might get killed by wisdom, like. My last couple of ones have, so around an hour. So if you're on Wisdom and have something to add, send us a PM now because we might get bounced off. And otherwise, uh, I do appreciate you coming on and joining with us if if, if we do get bounced. And, uh, you know, we'll finish on, we'll just finish off, off of Wisdom. Yeah. Um, no, I would love COVID to be, I'd love all this to be over with COVID. Right, we all want that. But, um, <laughs> And I would love it. And, you know, when they say, oh, it's just a flu. Okay, fine. Let's start, you know, then go get your vaccination just like you would the flu. Um, but I recently have COVID and um, I, um, first of all, I, I was surprised we even got COVID. <laughs> 
Why I were thought, you surprised? I was thinking that we we're, were just like, we're invincible. <laughs> we're invincible. Yeah, because right. we hadn't got it yet. We hadn't That's yet. our first time. So recently we got it for the first time. And um, it's not pleasant, and I could see how it, but the people that I know that have not done the traditional scientific um, vaccinations and the medicines and stuff are really having a hard time. Not always, but some are. For um, sure. Everybody that I know still having a hard time. Yeah, if they didn't. even even a couple of people I know who won't admit it. Right, right, or they don't want to admit that that's what, ha- what what the reason for their ailments. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, and and then again, it's not a foolproof system. I no. I completely understand that. Um, but um, anyway, I would I would love it to be just like the next flu that we could treat um, easily and like we do the flu. Although there's no treatment for the flu, really. Well, it's just and it, you know it's just that Z pack and all that kind of stuff, right? No, which no, more treats no, symptoms. No, no, it's a virus. You don't give a Z pack for a virus. That's for bacterial. I know, but they give you Z packs anyway because no, they, they figure. Don't. Yeah, they still give you Z. Oh Not no, you're right. They don't give you Z packs for the flu. Yeah, they give you they give you that other crazy one that that antiviral. The they, antiviral. Give, they, they have an antiviral yes. for that. Like, I guess similar to what the idea of what Paxlovid is. Yeah. So you're gonna go get water. I was gonna get something. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I do keep going. So, um, but I do want to talk about um, um, Mark Meadows. Mark Meadows? Yeah, Mark Meadows. is. We thought for sure that he was going to get his case bounced up to federal. We thought that was going to be... Okay, boy, what's going on over there? I'm having a little crisis. We thought for sure he was that that was going to be... He's going to get his... his, I I thought so for sure, yeah. It seemed like he had a pretty solid case for it. But yeah, so it's not happening. Not for him, no. It well, doesn't happen for can him. They, can they appeal that decision? I was going to ask the same thing. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's a... I don't think that's an appeal that they can do now. I think it's potentially something they can use later. Like if they if he gets convicted later, they can come back to this and say this is part of why and try to make it a mistrial or a retrial or an appeal. But I think that's right, but I'm not sure. If somebody's a lawyer and wants to jump on. I think I don't think he can appeal this specific... Um, uh, judgment but i think he can kind of put it in the file to say later when he doesn't appeal later if he's convicted he'll use this as part of it i'm breaking into a beer oh check you out cheers you want another anything no i'm good right now but um yeah so we i think um i don't want to say outrage but i think i was shocked when i saw i was shocked yeah well you know and and i think if his didn't get moved now the judge says everyone is case by case so this doesn't mean anything for anybody else but to me if he can't do it he had the best case nobody beneath him is going no one at a lesser level in government than him is going to be able to i don't think now i think trump still could because he doesn't have the hatch act and some other stuff going for him so trump could potentially still get his moved uh, into federal court, and with that that could still happen. But if no, if Meadows couldn't do it, I don't see anybody below Meadows doing it. But I was wrong about Meadows. So I could be wrong about that too. Oh, see, it ended. So wisdom is done. Okay. Um. So um. Well, but we're we're still going. Yeah. Okay. So I've got uh, I've got a lot more. You want to see if that'll let you start it over? I guess I could do it. Yeah, I guess I could start it over. Okay. Um. All right, we're gonna we're gonna bring the wisdomers back in. Um, 
to wrap up here. I, I'm getting cut off at, at an hour or so on my talks now. So, um, so that's kind of just the way it is. I don't know. It's <laughs> just how it is, I guess. But anyway, I'm bringing the wisdom back in for this little wrap up so we can wrap up here. Oh, are we wrapping up? Well, I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, I assume why you have 10,000 things left. Sure. All right. Well, what do you got? What, well, what's next? I'll let you pick. So I'm really interested in that um, uh, Richard Petty, the NASCAR driver, is putting together a trade school for, for kids. I think that's awesome. Kids. I, mean, I think it's totally you know, awesome. I assume, I'm just taking your word for it, that it's all kind of on the up and up. He's in, the schools are increasing access to manufacturing and trade school classes in an effort to boost workforce funded by Richard Petty. I think that's great. I think that's amazing. Um, we could also talk about um, my favorite uh, topic. Mm-hmm. Matt Gates. Um, okay, what's happening with him? I got is something happening with him. Okay, what's happening with him? <laughs> he he's he. Oh, he just, got. Oh no, I'm thinking of Jim Jordan. I was thinking oh, he no. got he got smacked down a little bit by Bonnie Willis. Matt Gates just um, a couple days ago threatened um, bloodshed and violence if Trump is thrown in prison and if he is banned. From running off her office. He went on a, a rant claiming that the Democrats are the ones who want who want to steal the elections. Turns out that they'll let anybody who wants to get the most votes have these jobs. Wait, say that again. <laughs> he actually said it turns out that they'll let anybody who gets the most votes have these jobs. <laughs> now get <laughs> He did not really say that. Is now that Democrats are trying to change that, like secretaries of states trying to decide that Trump can't even be on the ballot. Then he went into the full gaslighting um, that this type of action could lead to violence and bloodshed. And you could see bloodshed in this country. Well, we, say, we have seen it. should be hung for treason. Well, that's not technically true. I don't care. It is. It could be incitement he, in some way. It depends on what you, is a, you know, he, context. He's a terrible person. He's trafficked we, young girls. Well, and we he's know not that, arrested for that. I, but we all know that for as a fact. We don't know it for a fact because he wasn't. it wasn't proven in court. <sighs> I mean, there's a lot of uh, where there's smoke, there's fire, but you can't take that too far. Okay, why are you being so... Well, I'm just trying to remember that if we start going down those rabbit We're bringing down the temperature, I understand. (laughs) Well, no, but also just trying to be a little realistic because you don't know for sure. But But yeah, I mean, that's that certainly, you know, and this is not new. I mean, mean, I'm doing this whole book. I've got that. I've got, I'm going to be interviewing the guy that wrote this book called Nasty Politics. So this guy logs all these kind of things when politicians say he rates them on a scale, you know, from... You know how nasty they are, and whether they are talking about violence. Is or this not. like the dignity? Except this is different because, yeah, it is in some way. But this was, yeah, similar. But you know, so he rates these politicians' texts, you know, tweets based mm-hmm. on other things too. But based on you know this, how by you oh. know were they violent? You know, were they just attacking? You know, this kind of stuff. This whole nasty Perfect politics. Baby. I know you are. But yeah. And, and so, you know, he's got a scale. Like, so it's not new. It's not the first time people have done this, that people say these things with violence. And, you know, and, and uh, law enforcement, because they're politicians, they get a lot of room, First Amendment. They get a lot of First Amendment, you know, leeway. Mm-hmm. 
Like you have to do something pretty serious to before they're willing to think about like, oh, like if you or I did some of these things then we might get prosecuted, but politicians tend to get away with a lot more because they're really, you know, it's all about, you know, the, they have to be able to message their bases and this kind of stuff. So the, you know, prosecutors are very, very rarely do anything with any of this kind of stuff. But how can he actually threaten? I mean, isn't that a threat? Because if you take him off the Well, we'd get bounced off, you know, most, like we'd get, our Facebook account would be shut down for a month or whatever if we did that. We could just go to Truth Social. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so I thought, like, I just don't understand how he gets away with this. Well, they know how to push the limit. They really do. And, you know, and there used to be this thing called norms. And they people would be, you know, like we talk about this a lot, the whole Howard uh, Howard Dean Howard thing, Dean. you know, and how wow. he does one thing and it's like his career has ended, right? And, you know, those kind of norms just don't exist anymore because we're so, we hate the other side so much, we won't hold our own side accountable when they violate any of these norms because we like it. We want them to violate norms. So we want them to be tough, be, you know, really, you know, you know, and and I think it's a minority that want that, but it's a loud minority, and you know, and the politicians buy into it because they get the clicks, they get the likes, they get they get invited on Fox, whatever, or they get invited on MSNBC, you know, and so and nobody holds them to that norm account. I mean, we were a country of norms more than we're a country of laws, and the norm, you know, Trump just blew the hell out of the norms. Blow, you know, he just set a nuclear weapon off on norms. And we don't have norms anymore. And this is new territory for us. Like the country doesn't know what to do when those norms have fallen away. Like you normally expect people to keep their own side in check to a degree, right? Mm -hmm. And that's ended. We hate the other side so bad. We don't want our side to stay in check. We want the Marjorie Taylor James. We want the Matt Gateses. You know, we want the people that will go out there and yell and scream and really be uh, near near recommending violence against the other side because it makes us feel like they're standing up for us kind of thing, right? So that's the state we're in. And this is a new world for us. Like country hasn't, well, you could say the country has been here, I guess, at different times, either early in the, in the colonial times or even in the Civil War. But, you know, with mass media, with, you know, Twitter, with all these things, you know, this is new space, certainly in the last uh, century, right? This is a new world. We had a, we had things like the Walter Cronkite era, you know, and things were kind of settled, you know, down and, you know, fact, more kind of fact-based and these norms were hard. And even, like I say, all the way into the 90s and 2000s and, you know, these norms started getting broken down in the 90s, but it was still like there was still a limit. Like you start pushing and it's too much now. The people on your own side are like, you're too crazy now. We'll let you be in Congress, but you're not going to lead. You're not going to be a leader. You're not going to be a champion and you know we're, you're going to be out there you're going to be fringe well now those people that used to be fringe are sort of at the forefront and they're in leadership and we're okay with it like we're okay with it as long as they're on our side we will let them sort of do whatever like because we want because winning is everything like beating the other side is everything we don't even care about our own like what's happening actually in our neighborhoods what's happening to our you know none of that matters winning is more important than whatever outcomes we actually get and we can't see it you know we don't consciously say that but that's the truth when you look at the behavior of of how we're behaving so you know that's the the mess that outrage overload talks about every every two weeks 
if not actually every 10 days if you average out how many actually every nine days is currently my average episode out but i do a fresh new full episode a regular episode every two weeks consistently i've done it every two weeks since starting in in december 2022 and i haven't missed every two weeks and then in between that i wedge in bonus episodes and we talk about this stuff and we bring in the science of it we bring in experts we bring in um uh, you know, very, I, of course, I even in my street outrage, talk to regular people too, and we can experience it firsthand and see how it shows up in, in, in real people's lives. But anyway, back to Matt Gates or not, I don't know. Well, one thing I wanted to say one thing to you, one thing I, my last thing I wanted to make sure I, I squeezed in today was, you know, you, you probably saw that David Weiss, the special counsel does intend to seek a grand jury indictment of Hunter Biden on gun charges this month, according to a court filing. You saw that? Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, okay. Right, exactly. Like, yeah. You know, in, in trying to equate, like, a gun charge against Hunter Biden with everything going on, I mean, there's maybe a little bit of overlap somewhere. Like, you still going, we want to know, sure, we want to know how much this affects Joe. We should know. We should know that. But, like, to, to equate the two things of all the charges going on between all the people that yeah. tried to overthrow the election and, and all the people involved in the capital attacks. And to equate those two things, like there's no equivalence there that Hunter Biden's drug addicted son got, you know, is going to get charged with a, with a gun charge. I'll say it right now. Hunter Biden is probably a shitty person. And, and, and you know, and exactly. And, well, and, you know, in some extent, he's a, it's also a sad case because he's a drug addict and went down that path. And, you know, so some of it you can give to the drugs, but that doesn't give you an excuse no, to do things. No. No, even if you are a drug addict, right. don't get those excuses. Yeah. Because you, yeah. I mean, addiction is a very difficult disease because it's a disease. The only cure is, is that you have to, you have to do something. They can't give you a pill. Right. They can't give you a. Um, no. And it's the same thing with outrage overload. You can't. Right. You can't fix somebody else. Right. Right. You have to fix yourself or right. a person has to fix themselves. Right. So, but. I'm. I will guarantee that Hunter Biden's got some things that he should probably. He probably a normal person would have probably been in jail for. By now, yeah, for sure. And you know, and this gun charge might be only one of like you were talking about. We know for sure Gates has done this. And yeah, done that, oh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. This is one of those things that they might just be going with this gun charge because it's one they know they can prosecute on. Well, that- and he's he's got other things he's probably done and they're just not prosecuting on those right now because they just don't they don't feel the case is as strong, they don't want to mess with it. They'll just do this gun charge. Well, I wasn't going to bring this up um yet, but I'm going to because there was one other thing I wanted to bring up before we left. But um you know that um the majority of Americans believe all the allegations against the Biden family corruption even though they're unproven. Wait, so the majority, literally the majority? Roughly three-fifths of Americans believe that President Which Joe... Which poll is that? This is um, HuffPo by Officer Delaney. What's the underlying polling they're reciting, though? The CNN poll. A CNN poll, okay. okay. According to a CNN poll released last Thursday, that roughly three-fifths of all Americans believe that... Joe Biden was involved in his son's foreign business dealings. Well, that's a lot less than saying all of the charges against them, against him, are believed. So that's a look, different thing. Now, this, okay, so let's go back. If we want to look at this article in a whole, this is outrageous. It's best. Yeah, I mean, HuffPo is terrible. <laughs> HuffPo is terrible. So that's not true, what they said in that headline. If, if the poll really was, do you believe 
Joe Biden was involved. Majority of Americans. That's a different question than whether all of the charges people are are, are claiming that uh, Biden is guilty of the Biden family, quote unquote. Americans think Joe Biden got involved in his son's business dealings with Ukraine and China. Okay, that's more believable than they think all the charges people have out there are <laughs> valid. That's a, that's a, that's a, um, but yeah, yeah, I don't find that hard to believe at all. Republicans have not actually produced evidence that Biden was involved in his son's dealings. But, you know, it's one of those things like with Hillary, right? You know, she's sketchy enough that you kind of like go there. Could she be some, is. there could be some fire where the smoke is, she right? Is. And even if it was, even if some of it wasn't true, you kind of believe it. And here you kind of have the same thing, right? There's smoke, there's fire, and you kind of start going, yeah, I could believe that could happen. Now, still, you know, my take on it: the amount of involvement by Biden in whatever Hunter, Hunter has going on, it just it just doesn't compare at all to all the stuff that is going on on you know with Trump and and all of his um, associates and various things and and the capital tax those are not equivalent things you know and maybe it will be we'll find out maybe there's more evidence and it'll it'll I, mean, I don't think it could ever be equivalent to the capital tax and all that but could be who knows we'll see we'll see what the data shows but you know my suspicion is the involvement by Biden is going to be you know enough to like you know people will be like you know, this is like here we go again, right? It's kind of it's kind of that problem that you just don't trust anybody at some point, right? So I just have two more things to say before we go. Um, one, Nancy Pelosi's rerunning. I know. and I want to say, Nancy, please don't. I know she's eighty something too, right? How old is Nancy Pelosi? She's eighty something. I'm sorry, it doesn't matter. She's she's amazingly old, and I and. She goes, there's more work to be done. Yeah, there's always going to be more work to be done. <laughs> I mean, what are you talking uh, about? Oh, what what can we do? What can we do? Well, and that's the bad part. Like, you know, we live in this, you know, area, but we, she's not in our district. We can't vote for her or not vote for her. But also it's like, okay, is ranked choice voting an option? Can she, can maybe rank choice? But I think she'd still win. That's the bad part. Why? She'd probably still, why? I know, Why? She's eighty three. She's eighty three years old. Apparently, her daughter wants to run. Yeah, and I don't know enough about her daughter to know one way or the other. But I don't either. But if, <laughs> because if of the two options, really, I'd almost take her daughter no matter what. Well, based if on what I already really know. People are really voting because of her name. <laughs> yeah. You know, and yeah, I'm going to say yes. She does deserve a part in history. First. Oh, for sure. First she's done a speaker. Yeah. She's done. A, she's been an amazing. You know what do they call it? Like a whip. Like she knows yes, how to count votes. She yes yes. But Nancy, please. but Nancy, please. Yeah, you're eighty. You're eighty three. Go enjoy your life. What are you doing? <laughs> Go take care of your husband. Go take care of your freaking husband. Okay, that is very. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? That's very. Uh, Sexist of me. Yeah, but say, I don't but mean it in that way. I go mean, go be with your husband. Let's yeah, go be that with, way. exactly. Go be with I your mean, husband. I think that you could say the same thing, male or female. Go yeah. take care. If go, your husband's been through what he's been through, your wife's go, been through what they've been be, through. Go be go with your family. Take care of them. Go be yeah. through. What does everybody say when they get caught in a scandal? I'm taking time yeah. off to be with my family. <laughs> be with my family yeah. And that AG from Texas. Uh, I've already got that thing. memo in my computer. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, 
if you're caught in a scandal, if that AG, like, you know, that AG of Texas did the same thing, I'm going to go spend some more time with my family. Yeah. I'm sorry, your family doesn't want to spend any goddamn time with you right. after that bullshit. Right. No. No. That, and I'm sorry, if you have to put out a memo. Like that I says, say, that I've got that memo already written. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, your family doesn't want to spend no. any goddamn time with you no. whatsoever. No. You know, I I'm going to be, I'm going to be in a motel six by myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, so, okay. Now that brings up something else. So this, um, cause just cause you said it say, okay. So after being married for 50 years, I took a careful look at my, my wife one day and said, 50 years, we had a cheap, uh, 50 years ago, we had a cheap house, a junk car and slept off a sofa bed and watched a 10 inch TV black and white. And I got to sleep with a hot girl, 23-year-old girl, every every night. Uh, God. Only? Yeah. Only in the Now night. I have a $500,000 home, a $45,000 car, a nice big bed, a large screen TV, and I'm sleeping with a 69-year-old woman. Um, it seems to me that you're holding up, you're not holding up your side of the bargain. And the wife very Whoa, reasonable. what? Yeah. And the wife, being a very reasonable woman... Said to him, "You can go find your twenty-three-year-old yeah. girl, and you can live back into your your cheap house with your junk card and sleeping on a sofa bed with your black and white TV." <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> okay, so Nancy Pelosi, please reconsider. Yeah, she's not going. I know, yeah. but this, I'm I'm just saying. That, yep. Um, I don't. I I think she's doing more. Uh, oh, and by the way. I don't know if you guys know this, but there's a great candidate in California. Who's that? Up. I never heard of Katie her. Porter. <laughs> Katie Porter. So, All right, so um, if you'd like to give some, um, just she's only asking for five dollars. If you'd like to give five dollars to Katie Porter, um, she really does well. Speak up for the working class for sure. Yeah, I mean, in all seriousness, I think also she would be more effective. Like at bipartisan legislation, one hundred percent. And by the way, you don't think I'm being serious? No, no. I mean, you. Well, you were joking around the beginning, kind of like. No, I'm dead serious. You're dead serious for sure. But I'm. I'm just saying that. You know, I, I think in all seriousness, though, that I, I do think she's a better candidate. I think she could be more effective in Congress. I want to ask you a question. Have you ever seen me more excited about any candidate for any office anywhere? Except for you, for mayor of our city. <laughs> You're going to run my campaign. I am totally going to run your campaign. <laughs> um, no, I guess now that you mentioned, I, I can't. No, I, I think I, I can't think of a, a candidate that you've been more excited about. Nope. You and I have. I hope you're not disappointed. <sighs> Don't meet your heroes. God damn it. <laughs> um, you and I have worked for different propositions and causes and stuff, but we really have not put ourselves behind a person before. And I have put myself behind a person and I'm trying to tell you tell you to get ex- as excited. Well, I'm on board for the vote. This is why I'm this is another reason why I, I like her is that nobody comes after her. Nobody from the other side comes after her. Have you noticed that? Mm, they no. come after I mean, I, they come after Schiff like crazy. Oh, yeah, that's that's why I think it's a problem. I think I think he's too divisive. I, I just don't think. But and everybody comes. And I, after I don't hate him or anything. Nobody comes after he's... Katie Porter. You know why? Because she's fair, and she's honest. She's a good person, and she, she's, she's just good. 
She was sent to hear. She was sent by God. <laughs> Is that your last thing, or you if got I, any more? I got one more thing. Okay. If I believed in God. <laughs> if you believed in God, yeah. All right. What's your I last thing? I don't have any more. You don't have anything. I left? squeaked in the Hunter Biden thing. That's my. That okay. was my last thing. So. <laughs> okay. We were kind of interested on how this was going to um, pan out, but I guess it already panned out without us even really noticing it. Oh, I did have one other thing, but anyway, go ahead. Oh, well, what's yours? Peter Navarro getting <laughs> guilty on, on contempt charges. <laughs> and he knows, and deep down in his heart, he's never going to jail. But, but that's you know, what he said, right? Yes, yeah, that's what he that. said. And you know why he knows that? Bannon didn't, Bannon didn't go to jail. Right. But you know what? Uh, Michael Cohen went to jail. Yep. Um, Manafort went to jail. For a little while. Kelly got pardoned. But but he went to jail. For a little while. So you're going to jail. Did did Flynn ever go to jail? No. No, and uh, Flynn for the children, please. Uh, that if you if you don't think that's grooming, Flynn no. Flynn is Flynn's. Don't get me started on Flynn. Flynn's. To me, Flynn's one of the most dangerous people in this world. That's not, exactly what the not, entire intelligence community says. Not not in in this country. Country in, in the, world. the world. In the world, he is one of the most dangerous people in the world. Yes, he is. Tell me, I'm wrong. No, you're not wrong. Okay. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted. That's okay. But for Katie Porter, but um, <laughs> so the one thing that I wanted to um, that we were kind of looking forward to see because. Um, I'm just going to spill it. You know, I'm talking about the E. Jean Carroll thing. When when he got, uh, um, I don't want to say convicted. It's but called that, yeah. When it's, he it's got a, it's charged the as being liable. So right. well, how do you say that? Well, it is charged with being liable. He, he is liable, which is essentially the equivalent of convicted if it were a criminal trial. Right. trial but yeah. So, the, but he immediately did it within seconds of that um, verdict. Verdict. Started doing it again. Started yeah. doing exactly what he was trying again. So she and her lawyer said, "Well, like they amended their. We're amending. We're going to file it again because so, they weren't going to charge him a second time for that second one, or they weren't going to ask him for punitive damages or whatever. No, they weren't going to go forward with it. it. Now they changed it because he would not shut would not. the f up. Right. So he did it again, and so that that case was going to um, happen in January, right? I don't remember. But that okay. trial was going to happen in January. Well, the judge that got that case said, <laughs> We don't need a trial. We don't need a trial. He's guilty. He's guilty. We're done. Let's just talk about how much money. Yeah. And now I didn't actually know judges could do that. I did not know that either. I guess in that scenario with all the But didn't stuff that, that happen? Before, didn't that happen earlier too? It happened in a few other cases. Something like that happened. Where a judge says, We're not going to, we're not We don't going, need to have a trial. We're not going to trial on this. We're just going to go to the, um, 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 sentencing phase or, or the, the uh, judgment or the whatever judgment. it's called. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. all. We're going straight to that. And this is the first time I've heard of this, and that's maybe because we're not litigious, litigious right. people. Right. We're not people. We're not people who, you know, know about this stuff. We don't have lawyers in our family. Well, actually, now we do. Now we do. Yeah. <laughs> and um, well, but if you sue us, we do have good lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> But we have not gone down. There's many times where we could have sued somebody for something. Oh, for sure. I just don't want to do that. Yeah. No, just not, it's not, not my nature. It's not the nature. It's like we move for. I mean, like I say, I'll counterattack if somebody attacks me, but um, I don't want to start that. I don't need that. No, no. I don't so, need that. So we don't. I don't know. need that karma. 
Well, we don't know how it works. And I'm going to say that the middle, middle America does not know how this works. Well, I don't know what you mean by that. I mean, most people are not litigious people that... Oh, okay. So I, I don't want to call that middle America. That makes it sound like there's the elites on the coast that know everything in the middle. No, of the no, 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 yeah, no. That's not what you mean. Yeah. I mean, you the, just mean sort of the average us. The average person yeah, yeah. does not know that a judge can go, well, I've already read <laughs> I, I, anything. I didn't know they could do that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's limits. Like there's, it's, it's whatever other, you know, scenario that we're dealing with. That's why that that's possible in this case. But right. yeah, I, I was quite surprised by that. So I was. I'm not outraged at all. I'm stunned and kind of like, yeah, let's not waste the time. Let's not waste the money. The money yeah. Let's not, let's not, why, why are we pretending here? So what happens next now? So now we just have, they have to just decide. They'll do a judgment. Yeah, they'll do. Did they'll, he pay his first judgment? Well, no. of course not. Of course not. You know, he's going to appeal it and who knows if we'll ever have to pay. And the whole thing is just a. Well, you remember that one case I brought up that. Finally, the case, you know, they f- finally the person had to pay something. It was like, they are, no, they were still collect, trying to collect the money 25 years later. They had never been paid. Are you talking about um, I don't remember which OJ? Because we're talking about OJ. It wasn't OJ. Then, oh, it was OJ. Yeah, you're yes. right. They never got the money and they finally sold almost like the way you sell your accounts receivable. They like sold it for pennies on the dollar trying to collect this money. And they sold it to somebody else to collect the money, you know? And so we get these cases, you get these judgments, and people never freaking pay. And he writes books. Well, well, he wrote a book. I mean, he had a ghostwriter, I'm sure. And here's the thing. Nobody bought that book. Really? Uh, Oh, that shocks me. I'm shocked by that. (laughs) If I did it. That wasn't what that book was. It was something like that, yeah. And this is terrible. We should not laugh about uh, OJ's. That was a terrible, brutal, brutal murder. Yes, and the, the Brown, Brown family, family is still suffering. And he has children. He has children with that woman, and they're suffering, and they're not. Um, they're trying to live adult lives, and right. It's like you can't. You, you laugh because you otherwise you'd cry, kind of thing. Well, because we because in some ways these people aren't real to us. Well, there's also that, yeah. So, but Eugene Carroll, so her, she didn't even have to go to court. Nope. They just the judge looked at the case and said. Uh, we don't need a trial. I read this. Yeah, we don't need a trial. Yeah, I read this. Yeah, <laughs> I read I, like stack of paper. Stack eight, 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 I read this. Pages tall. Yeah. So yeah, we did have a, a. Yeah, we'll talk about that another time. But um, so anyway, it was nice catching up with you, dude. I know. I, I uh, yeah, it, it was, and I, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that would happen. This was a crazy week. There was a lot going on. There's a lot there of stuff a, I didn't so talk many about. It, we probably go back to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and there's stuff that happened that we didn't. I'm just looking at the most recent. I didn't even go back in my list. Oh really? You didn't go back very far. I went. I went kind of back, but it, like I said, I excluded a lot of things because this was a crazy week. Like a lot of stuff happened. But we had like a, uh, Enrico Tario got sentenced. Yes. You know, which we didn't talk about that. And, you know, and I think that's significant because here you have the guy that wasn't even at the Capitol at the time. And then he got sentenced. We had Nazi, um, Nazis showing up on yeah, overpasses Florida? in Florida. Yeah, of course it's Florida. Florida. Yeah. Actual, actual. Self-proclaimed. Self-proclaimed swastikas, Nazis showing up on overpasses with the, uh, the swastika flags. That happened in Florida. Which part of Nazism are they like into? Like I, I don't, don't understand. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't understand it. 
So, you know, it's um so a lot of stuff happened this week. This is a long show. It had been going on for like two hours. <laughs> you know what though? I'm I'm happy to spend two hours with you. I am too. Okay. Love you. Love you. Catch you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for jumping in, everybody.